0: Welcome everybody to the Troy First Assembly of God podcast. We created this podcast to share our weekly messages from the Word of God, and we're so glad that you're here. All right, guys, we are in the middle of a wonderful series that is all about what we in leadership here believe to be the Word of the Lord for us for 2023, and that is be led. Be in a place where we're hearing God's voice and we are step by step following where God is leading us. And so today, uh, it's really weird because we weren't planning baptism at the same time this message, but you see the pillar of fire. They came out of Egypt and were led by a pillar of fire. And how many of y'all know what's the first place they went coming out of Egypt? The Red Sea passed through the water. So the first thing they did after they got free was they got baptized. And it's exact. Guys, the Bible may be 66 books, but it's one story. And as it turns out, it's a Jesus story. And everything that happened in the Old Testament, the New Testament says, that's an example for y'all. So that's what it's about. Guys, they were enslaved for 400 years, but they were set free. How did they get set free? Somebody that's seen one of the two movies? Tell me, what did they put on the doorposts? blood yes of the spotless lamb right well how do you get saved through the blood of the spotless lamb you have to pass through the blood just like they did there's a reason guys it was on the doorposts and the lintel. is that you the only way to come out of death out of judgment out of slavery is to pass through the blood and once you're out of the blood what's the first thing that god leads you to do pass through the water And we're going to talk briefly. I'm not going to keep you here long because, like I said, we got 23 baptisms. But I want you to understand there is nothing that God asks us to do in Christianity that is a dead religious ritual form. Nothing. This is not, this morning is not about God wants you to get wet. That's dumb. Just like once a month, God wants you to eat a cracker and get a quarter of an ounce of grape juice. Because God loves people that make crackers. And He really wants them to have good, you know, good profits. So God is about the cracker industry. No, guys. There is nothing. Hear me say this. Those of you that come here to church all the time, why in the world do you think that we make a huge deal out of don't give in an offering like a dead ritual. Because there's no such thing as a dead ritual. If it's not coming from your heart, it has no value. Because God doesn't need our money, and God doesn't need to see if you'll get wet or not, and God is not interested in you and crackers. What God's after is your heart. What God's aim is, is what He was trying to do from the garden, get close to you. And if all of these things, all of these rituals, all of these ordinations, whatever you want to call them, if they have no meaning, we need to stop doing it. Amen? So baptism is not a dead, dry, religious form. And, well, God just wants to see if you'll be obedient. Yes, it is about obedience. But it's about so much more. So let's jump on in. And there's only three points to this message. But guys, stay with me. Because these are spectacular. First, it's simple obedience. Yes, it is obedience. And it's simple obedience. Just like the Israelites, they come out from under the blood and they go through the water. And one of my very favorite scriptures in the entire Bible, the the chariots of Pharaoh are bearing down on Moses, and they're at the edge of the Red Sea. And Moses gets down, and he's praying. How many of y'all think praying's a good thing? It's a good thing to pray, especially when you get in trouble. Moses was down going, God, what us going to do? What us going to do? What us going to do? And Moses is praying, and I want you to see one of my favorite statements of all time out of the Almighty. Look at what it says in Exodus. The Lord said to Moses, what you praying for? God, are you telling me that there's some times in my life where prayer is not the best thing to do? Yep. Why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel, get up and start walking. But God, all I'm looking at is the is Red Sea here. When God told them to get up and start walking, the sea had not opened up yet. Start walking. You know what it's about? It's about obedience. Believe me, by the time you get to the water, He'll have it opened. Opening the water is his department. Walking is your department. Obedience. And there is power in you obeying when you don't understand, when you don't get it, when you don't think so. Amen? Is there anybody here that has ever once obeyed God either through something God impressed on your heart, He just moved on you, Or just because you read it in the Bible and you said, well, it says it, and I obey. Anybody here ever obeyed God and then seen it turn out for good? You didn't see it coming, but boy, it sure turned out great because as it turns out, God is jeopardy smart. (laughs) Y'all do know that, right? God, God really is. I mean, it's not just that he thinks he's God. He really does have a plan. He don't tell it all the time, but he does have a plan. God told him, said, obedience, get up and get moving. And guys, get this. What's the first thing Jesus did publicly? Got baptized. Before there was any miracles, before there was anything. In fact, John the Baptist said, you ought to be baptizing me. I'll, I'm not even worthy to unlatch your sandals, dude. I, I. And Jesus says, let it be so. Baptize me. And right before Jesus' feet lifted off the top of the mountain, and he ascended back to the Father, look at the last thing he said. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations and baptize them. Now guys, I'm here to tell you, if this was this vital to Jesus, no, baptism doesn't save you. And I'm not saying that. Baptism did not free the Israelites. The blood freed them. But baptism is, if if this was important to Jesus, how many of y'all understand it? it needs to be important to us? If he prioritized it, That's because something's supposed to happen. Well, what happens, Pastor? I mean, you just take me in the pool and you dunk me and that's it. No, no, no. No, 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 no. What happens in this water? For all of you that are about to be baptized, pay attention. I want you to see what you're about to have happen to you. The first thing, it's a cutting away. It's a cutting away. How many of y'all have ever heard of something called circumcision? Y'all know they made a big deal out of circumcision in the Old Testament. In fact, if you were going to be an Israelite, a child of God, you had to be circumcised. A part of your physical body had to be cut away. Now, I'm not going to be indelicate. I know we got children in the room. But hear me say this. It's the most intimate part of a man's body. It is the reproductive part of a man's body and I'm telling you it's not something that you wear on your sleeve and do just for show circumcision was an act of I belong to you and yes it's very private yes it's between me and you and guys your relationship with Jesus is between you you and Jesus And it is very intimate. And it is very private. And it is very much about how you reproduce. And I'm not talking about natural children now. I'm talking about the kind of people you engender around you. So circumcision was a cutting away of something that signified I was this kind of guy, now I'm this kind. Well, pastor, that's Old Testament. They all were circumcised, and that's all about circumcision. We don't circumcise now. We don't even believe in circumcision now. Oh? Perhaps you've read Colossians. Let's look. And in him, in Jesus, you were also circumcised with a circumcision that wasn't made with hands, a circumcision God makes himself. In removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Well, when did this happen, pastor? When you were buried with him in baptism. Your baptism is for the Christian. What circumcision would have been for the Jew. Think it through with me. A Jewish baby boy is born. Soon as he's born, eight days later, the law said... First thing out of the shoot is there's got to be that cutting away that shows in himself the most intimate part of himself that he belongs to God. You're saved, and what does God say? You experience a birth, a second birth, and the first thing God says to do is be spiritually circumcised, not by a man, not with a knife. You were circumcised with a circumcision performed without hands. Removal of the body of the flesh. What the scripture calls the old man is cut away. And what happens to this old man that is cut away? He gets buried in the water right there. He gets left in the water right there. Now, believe me, I talked to somebody whose grandpa told them, well, you can't get baptized in a baptismal. You need to be baptized in moving water because that water's got to carry your sins away. Believe me. We, we got drain unclogger, so if, if any of y'all are real sinful, we can get that drain unclogged. That water's going to go on away now. I'm just telling you. But look at this, guys. You are circumcised. You have had a part of your old self cut away, and yet that man, that old guy is left in the waters of baptism. Look at what the Bible says in Ezekiel. This is God talking hundreds of years before Jesus. Moreover, I'm going to give you guys a new heart. And I'm going to put a new spirit in you. I will remove, the word here in Hebrew is cut out. I will cut out the heart of stone from your flesh. And I'll give you a heart that can respond to me. Anybody want to sign up for that? Do you understand before you're saved, before you're saved in baptized, you don't have the ability to obey God. You want to, but you can't. But God says, I'm going to put a new heart up in you. I'm going to take out the old heart that can't obey me. And I'm going to give you a heart that responds when I call. Oh, my goodness, guys. Now, look at this. Look at this. Because that's not the only place this appears in Scripture. Let's go back to Moses and the Israelites standing at the edge of the sea. Look at what Moses says right before they go through the water. Moses says, Don't be afraid. Stand by. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will perform. A circumcision not made by hands. Guys, come on, make the connections. He will perform for you today. Because, now, let me insert here just to to grab your understanding the things that kept you enslaved. The ones that kept you down. The ones who had a stranglehold on you. Now, the Egyptians, whom you've seen today, you'll never see them again, ever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. What God is telling them is, okay, I saved you, I delivered you, I freed you. But all those things that have held on to you and tried to pull you backwards, I'm fixing to cut those off and bury them in the water. It's the biblical picture of baptism. It's exactly what happened in their baptism was everything that held them down, everything that pulled them back to that old life, cut away buried and dead in the water. The Bible said... Go on to the next scripture. Gosh, the Bible says it so much better than I can. The waters returned... And get the picture here, guys. Why do you think we baptize by immersion? It's not because, well, you're Pentecostal. No, the pictures are important because the pictures show us what the reality in the Spirit is. The waters covered over. The waters folded over their heads and covered the chariots and the horsemen. Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after him and not even one was left alive. I'm here to tell you, if you're going in these waters of baptism today, everything that you have struggled with from your old life, your old self, it loses all power over you now. As you are circumcised in heart, Guys, there's so many more scriptures. I wish I had time to get into Romans and get into Ephesians because it's it's there. But if you want to to dig further, let me encourage you, get into your Bible and Google the phrase circumcision of heart because, gosh, it's amazing what God does in baptism. Now, one more point, and we're we're ready to baptize people. But, boy, it's a great one. This is a hot-button word in 2023. Anybody know what this word means? Put on your seatbelt. This is a big word nowadays identification. Because you got all kinds of people identifying as all kinds of things. I say it, I think it, I feel it, and so because I say it, it makes it so. And guys, I'm here to tell you the truth of Scripture. This is not my opinion. This is just what the Bible says. The truth of Scripture is in human terms only. You nor I have the ability to alter reality by thinking so, wishing so, saying so. I can say all day long. Well, I identify as a hippopotamus. I just have hippopotamus feelings. And I just feel most myself when i'm hippopotamized because i like being naked from the waist up i like being in a pool of water and i really like just laying back and going ah and have rebecca come put pieces of watermelon in my mouth (laughs) that's a vivid mental image isn't it (laughs) but i feel the most at home when i'm hippopotamized and so i'm gonna identify as a hippopotamus Guys, I can say whatever I want to say. I cannot make it so by saying so. Because there is such a thing in this world as objective truth. There is a truth here. And I'm not, please hear me say, I am not anti anybody. I am not against anybody. And I'm, Lord is my witness. I am not uncaring if you are, if, if you really are going through some serious confusion. I'm not uncaring about it. But the best thing I can do is tell you the truth. The most loving thing I can do is tell you that it ain't so because you say it's so. And identification doesn't work unless... There's only, let me put it this way. There's only one person in the entire universe who can make a thing so by saying it so. Anybody got a clue who that might be? God Almighty. Do you understand when God said, let there be light, He didn't then get up and make light. It just happened because He said it. When God identifies a thing as a way, it becomes that way. Every time. God said, let the earth bring forth plants. Then the Bible does not say He then went about making plants. He never did. He said, let the earth bring forth plants. And plants were. You want to you see how this works? Watch right here. Sarah, I know, honey, you're 89 years old. I know you have not been in a way where you could have a child for 30 years. I know. But this time next year, you're going to be holding a son. Now you tell me, what made that objective reality change? He said it. Or how about this, to a 13-year-old girl in Luke 2, Luke 1. You're going to have a baby. And she said, dude, I can't have a baby. I ain't even been exposed. I, I know how this works, and it is an impossibility for me to have a baby. Did that matter to God? No, because when God says a thing, a thing has no choice but to be. It happens because He says it. Now, the reason I'm making so much out of this is because I want you to see what God says about your baptism. What actually happens at your baptism. Look what it says you are identified as. I'm crucified. I'm dead. And because I'm dead, I'm free. How many of y'all know when you're dead, you don't have any more debts? When you're dead, you ain't got no more taxes. How many of y'all know when you're dead, you are out from under the power of sin? Because dead is dead. Now, look at what the Scripture says, and I want you to get this, because it's not true until He says it, but because He says it, it becomes true of you. We know that our old sinful selves were nailed to the cross with Jesus. What? You mean my history? Not his history. My history? I was nailed to the cross with Jesus? Y'all read the Bible for yourself. There's There's your scripture reference. Please look it up in your own if you don't believe me. Our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ. Why? So that sin couldn't have any power over you. Because you know what? Once you're dead, sin has no hold over you. So what God said was, well, i tell you what. The only way to fix Cherie, we got to get her dead. And so she died with Jesus. And the moment she was nailed to the cross with Jesus, sin lost its hold on her. Oh, somebody ought to be getting happy about this now. I'm just telling you. We are no longer slaves to sin because we died with him. And it doesn't happen because I identify as Christian. It happens because he identifies me as in Jesus. And when he says it, it comes true. When we died with Christ... We were set free from the power of sin. Do you know that if died on the cross is your history, which God just said, that's how you identify. I identify as dead. If that's your history, watch right here. Jerry, you sure were sorry back before you got saved. I mean, you did some bad things, and you ought to feel guilty, and you ought to, you know what Jerry can tell the devil when the devil starts talking to him about his shameful past? He can say, you got the wrong guy, because my past is dead and buried. My past is nailed to a cross. It's like you making fun of me for driving by a house I ain't lived in in 40 years. Yeah, it's falling down. Yeah, the vines are all growing up. Yeah, the grass needs mowing. But honey, I don't live there anymore. It ain't my house. So you talk about that house all you want to. It ain't me. I ain't lived there in years. And if you want to talk about my history, my background, my background is I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's what the Bible says. That's what it says. I am crucified. I'm dead. And because I'm dead, I'm free. But it don't end there. Come on, Bible. Hit me again. I'm buried. And I'm resurrected. Oh, thank God. And because I'm resurrected, I'm alive in a whole new way. How many of y'all know the Jesus that got up off the tomb, out of the tomb, was a little bit different than the Jesus that went into the tomb? You know what? That Jesus started walking through walls. That Jesus was like, I'm alive forevermore, and can't nobody kill me again, hide and watch. That Jesus was a different Jesus than the one that went in the tomb. So what does all this have to do with me and baptism? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Look what the Bible says. For we died. I am identifying with his death. And we were buried with him. Just exactly when did that burial happen? Somebody that can read, tell me. We were buried with Christ where? In our baptism. Now guys, hear me say this. I, I just love this point. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting hot and y'all are going to see my arms in a second anyway when I baptize, so deal with it. Get it. We could, thank God we don't have to, but we could go in the back lot here as soon as we dismiss this service and have 23 holes and tell all these people getting baptized, all right, get in a hole and we're going to put the dirt over you. We're going to leave it there long enough to make sure you're dead with Christ. And we're going to dig you up. And you're going to get up and be all. It's much easier to baptize somebody, and to, to bury somebody in water. Because the burial doesn't have to take long for God to get the good out of it. When that water closes over your head, you are buried with Christ in baptism. And why is it an important thing that you get buried? Because you can't get resurrected if you don't get buried. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody, come on now. By the time you get the water over you, just, oh gosh, read it out the Bible. The Bible says it's so much better. Just as Christ was raised from the dead, By the glorious power of the Father. Not your good works. It never was your good works. Jesus was raised from that tomb by the glorious power of the Father. Same way you get resurrected. Oh, hallelujah. You're going to go under that water. It's going to close over your head. You're going to be buried for a split second. And when you get up. Now look what it says. Now we get up to live a brand new life. The Jesus that got up out the tomb was a different type of Jesus. See, if we really understand what happens in baptism, we can get what Jesus said. These things I do, you're going to do, and even greater things. How many of you as Christians, don't raise your hand, but how many of you as Christians have read where Jesus said, you'll do what I do and even greater, and you thought, yeah, that ain't happening. Yeah, that ain't going to be me. That ain't going to Guys, it can't be you if you're not dead, buried, and resurrected. But you get dead, you get buried, and you get resurrected to walk in newness of life, then it can be you. Then it can be what you can do. I just love this concept because, guys, it is so much more about than getting wet. It's not. It's not just an outward sign of an inward grace. I know people say that. But the Bible says you go under those waters and a part of your old man, those old desires, those things that have pulled at you and tried to pull you back for so long, they're going to be cut off and buried. And when you get up, you're not bringing that part back. In fact, and this is where I'll have to stop this because I could preach this until about 3.30 and still be going. This is so good. The Bible goes so far as to say After you're saved and baptized, if you try to go back into those old sins you used to do, you're dancing with a corpse. Get that picture because that is the language in Greek of the New Testament. It says... See, that old man, that old person that was drawn to that sexual sin, that old person that before you got saved and baptized, that person that was drawn to anger or drawn to lying or drawn to lust, they are dead and buried. And if you try to go back into it, what you're doing is you are picking up, embracing, and dancing with a dead corpse. Get that imagery, guys. Because it's given to us in Scripture for a reason. Oh, I'm telling you, the New Testament is so cool about this. But this is the power of godly identification. I identify as dead. I identify as buried. I identify as resurrected. Not because I did it. Not because I said it. Because He said it. If you're here and going to get baptized, please... Go quickly and get in in line, get in order. And for the rest of us, guys, we're going to take just a second and ask for God to talk to us about what the word was about. Now, I know it's a short word. We're sitting here at 1134, and all of you that thought I couldn't get done quickly, you shut up. I'm kidding. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. Yeah, go with them downstairs. Those, some of you older that are know where you're going, please direct some of these younger that don't. But guys, those of us that are waiting and going to be participating in baptism with them by praying and by watching and by I want us to take just a second guys and I don't want this moment to go by without us responding to the word of God. There are some of y'all sitting here honest to goodness. You've you are just being raked over the coals by the devil because of something in your past. You you are being tormented, you're being told over and over by the devil about how you're not good enough and you don't measure up. And you're not even good as the church people you're sitting by on the seat in church. Oh, they're good, you're not. And it's all about your past. It's all about something that happened. It's all about some choice you made years ago or maybe some recent choice. Maybe something you did that You're not proud of. But guys, the Bible says because of what He has done, because of what He said, we can identify as dead to that. It's gone. It's it's gone. That was somebody else. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me here for just a second? And I want you to open your heart to whatever the Lord wants to say to you. Because there's some of y'all here that you are saved you are baptized you just didn't know everything that's supposed to happen to you when you got baptized you didn't realize all that was going on in the spirit when you were baptized but guys i want us to respond to god's holy spirit in this moment i want us to say god help us help us to grab a hold of how you have identified us, Lord God. Father, help us to let that old man go. And Father, for some of us, that Lord, we've let the old things go, but we just keep going back and picking up the corpse. God, give us the strength. Give us the, give us the eyes to see it as it really is. And God, help us. Help us, Lord God. Guys, I want to give you an opportunity. If there are any of you here today that you've never, you've never drawn that line in the sand. You've never made a decision for Jesus. You've been around church, and maybe sometime years and years ago when you were a kid, you might have responded to an to a altar somewhere. But you know you're far from God right now. Guys, I just want to give you a chance. And uh, no, we're not going to make a big deal out of it, and I'm not going to call you on the carpet or anything like that, but I do want to give you a chance. If there's anybody here that says, Pastor, I know I'm not where I need to be with God. I know I'm not where I need to be in my relationship. But Pastor, I want to I come back. I want to come home. I want to come to Jesus. And I want to lay my life at his feet. And I want him to recreate me on the inside. Would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you just pray for me in this moment? I see that hand. Anybody else just, yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand. Goodness, guys, hands going up all over the building. Anybody else want to just say, Pastor, I'm not where I ought to be? Guys, I want to tell you. In the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal son doesn't even make it to the house before the dad sees him coming hikes up his robe, and takes off at a dead run to get to his son. I want you to know that's how God feels about you. Regardless of where you're coming from, regardless of what you've done, believe me, when you just lifted your hand just then in his presence and God saw your heart coming, I want you to know God is taken out at a dead run just to get to you. Is there anybody else you want to just say, Pastor, I, I'm not where I need to be, but I want to be." Anybody else, real quick? I see those. Anybody else, I see that. Thank God. Those of you that, that are, are sitting there praying and you don't have your hand in the air, would you pray for those that raise their hand? Come on, guys, pray. And those of you that did raise your hand, guys, in your own words, don't use my words. Use your own and say it however you feel in your heart. But let it be real from you. But something to the effect of, Jesus, I want to come back. I want to come home. Jesus, whether it's a first time or a 50th time, I know I'm not where I ought to be. And I want to be. Jesus, I need your help. Jesus, help me turn from my way, what I want, what I think, and help me turn to your way. God, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I open up myself to you. Come in. Cleanse me of my sin. Cleanse me of the times I just had to do it my way. And God, recreate me from the inside out. I thank you for the blood that cleanses me and sets me free. And Lord, I pass through that blood now to get to you. Draw me close to yourself, God. And never let me go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Troy First Assembly of God. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday morning if you're in the area. Our address is 432 South Lincoln Drive in Troy, Missouri. Otherwise, you can connect with us on Facebook. The link for our Facebook page can be found below.